The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. I've been praying specifically this week that God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, would already, and I believe He's answered my prayer, already starting to set people free in this place. Starting to set them free of having to wear a mask when they come into this place. Maybe wearing the mask when they leave this place and when they go about their business. That you would be set free from having to try to fake it through your life. You see, there's a statement out there that says, fake it till you make it, right? That is false, that is a lie, and it will lead you nowhere. There are people in churches across our great country right now, and you are as fake and as put on as you've ever been. But I have been praying this week, there is a group of intercessors praying for this entire moment right this second, and they're praying for the same thing. That you and your sickness, your addiction, your bondage, your shame can be you for just 30 minutes. And so what I want you to do is I want you to relax in this place. I want you to take a deep breath and know that this is safe because you're not in the presence of a bunch of church people, but you're in the presence of an almighty God who loves you for who you are and he wants you to be free. So just take a deep breath. Because it's safe in this place. It's safe in this place to be real and to say, God, I am a mess. I don't have it figured out. I need something. I've tried everything. This church says it's Jesus that I need. Help me to understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And so you can relax in this place. Okay? So we're all on a level playing field here. Because the one, for some reason, who is standing on a stage a little higher than you and with a microphone that is hot, does not have it all figured out. We are all in this together. The ground at the cross is level. There's not one higher than the other. So this morning, I want to share with you where God has been taking me You see, we have to understand this Jesus that we proclaim constantly at this church. We have to understand which Jesus we are trying to emulate and follow. For a long time now, the world has made Jesus not the Jesus of the gospel. And you see, we sort of like the Jesus that's been created Because the Jesus that has been created is so much easier to follow. I've entitled this talk, if you ever go back onto the podcast, you'll see this titled, American Jesus. You see, we love American Jesus because American Jesus is so easy. But in American Jesus being so easy, he's also cheap. He's also perverted. He's also twisted. And American Jesus will lead you no closer to God than any single person in this room. But you see, we love American Jesus because in his being so easy, he's so much easier to follow. You see, we've created American Jesus in our image. 
And that's so easy to do. Because it's easier to have Jesus conform to our likeness than it is for us to conform to the Jesus of the gospel's likeness. And so here's where God has been taking me. Because I've been a pastor for 10 years. They allow me to stand on this stage and lead a wonderful group of staff members and people. And I am on the journey with you guys. I'm desperate to find out who this Jesus of the gospel is because when we can find out who the true Jesus of the gospel is, it will not only radically change our church environment, but it will change our community's environment. Amen? Amen. I can promise you that. So God, through my journey, has taken me to what I believe is maybe the greatest depiction of who the gospel of who the Jesus of the gospel is, and it's found in Philippians chapter 2. This morning may be a little different for some of you. We're going to walk through sort of a chart. We're going to have some things listed on the screens. And if you take notes like this young man or young woman is over here, I, I brownie points. We're going to walk through some things and just talk together this morning. You see, God took me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians just happens to be my favorite book. But I've really and truly never done what I'm getting ready to do with you guys this morning, and that is to break it down between the Jesus of the gospel and this American Jesus that we've created. You see, Paul's writing to the Philippians. He's actually writing this around 60 A.D. Let's get the time frame set. Around 60 A.D. from a Roman prison. He's writing this letter to the Philippians who he dearly loves, like he cares for them almost more, probably more than any other group of people that he wrote letters to. These Philippians are getting it. They're doing a wonderful job. But he writes this letter to ensure that they continue on the path that they are on. And he writes this to them and he says, I want you to understand who this Jesus is Now, you've got to remember, Jesus died around 30 A.D., somewhere around there. Paul's writing this around 60 A.D., so 30 years has passed since Jesus ascended to heaven, since he was walking on the earth, and he writes this letter. So 30 years, some of these people probably have forgotten just who this Jesus was. And so all kinds of stories and all kinds of bends and twists could have been coming into the mix. And Paul says, you know what, I'm in Roman prison. I'm in chains, but I love these people so much that I need to remind them just who this Jesus is. And so here he starts to write. And we pick up in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. And I know, listen, if you read the Bible just once in a while, if you're new to this thing, man, this the wording can be really strange. But let's get past the strangeness here and just look at what it says. And that's what we're here to do this morning. You see, because he starts off in chapter 2, verse 6, he says, who, comma, well, he's talking about Jesus there. He is saying Jesus being in very nature God. All right? Let me just stop right there. And on our chart this morning, you're going to see the word Jesus, and you're going to see the word us. You could basically say Jesus and American Jesus. But what we've got to understand that Jesus of the gospel is God, okay? With a capital G. And so if we go to the other side of the chart, what we have done with American Jesus or us 
is we have replaced God, big G, with a little g. We think that we are the God. And listen, that is such a subtle sin in many of our lives that we don't even realize it. It has crept into our belief system. And here's how I know. It's because there's a lot of things that transpire that take place in our lives. And we don't like what happened. It should not have happened that way. I wasn't ready for this. The timing could not have been worse. I don't like what is happening to me. I am God, and this is the way that it should have happened. You see how easy this creeps in? And then here is the sadistic part of all of this. It's because we think we're God. But then what we do when things don't go according to our plan, we get angry at the one true God. That's messed up. If you're going to play God, you take the responsibility on yourself. But you see, every single one of us in this room, if we are not careful, we start to play the role of the one true God. And I think it's rampant today. Because American Jesus, if that is the way we live, then we've created ourselves to be the God. When Paul is saying very clearly that Jesus being in very nature God, Jesus is God. You're not. Paul goes on, he says, even though Jesus was in very nature God, He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. You know what I read when I read that passage? I read that Jesus was God, but he had such a high regard for his Father. In my notes, the word that I wrote down, the the word that you'll see on the chart, is the word respect. Jesus was God, but he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped because there was such respect for the Father. You see, American Jesus does just the opposite. Man, we really show respect for no one these days. I love this passage of Scripture. Because it shows us, church, what happens to those of us who actually disrespect not only God, but those of us who disrespect people who God created in His own image. You see, the word disdain is the very opposite of the word respect. And so instead of respect, the word I wrote here for our note-taking this morning is self-exaltation. You see, the only reason we talk bad about people or show disrespect is to make them look bad so that we in return look better. It's the only reason we have bullying in our schools. It's because the bully wants to make you look bad so that he looks bigger and better. 
You see, Satan did the same thing back in the beginning. He wanted to exalt himself higher than God because he had no respect for God. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said something about it. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13, this is what Lucifer said. He said, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. Verse 14 won't pop up, but listen to what Lucifer said. He said, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds and I will make myself like the most high God. That is disdain at its best. You see, American Jesus has no respect, not only for God, but for anyone else. The only person that American Jesus respects is itself. Oh, we'll get to the end of this thing here in a second. You see, Paul goes on in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 7, he says this, listen. But Jesus, he's talking about Jesus, made himself nothing. How many of you worked hard towards that this week? I didn't. And look what he says next. You got to remember, we're talking about God. He says this. He said that he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. The Jesus of the gospel was a servant. The Jesus that you and I are trying to emulate and follow and take to this community was a servant. Can you say the word servant? He was a servant. He was a servant. God, help my family to get this. Help my children to get this. God was a servant. American Jesus exists to be served. He does. The one that we've created, because the higher-ups, the famous, the professional, those people are here to be served. The Jesus of the gospel came to serve. I want you to think about this. American Jesus wants everyone to serve Him. And I know this may be coming harsh, but I want you to think about all of the things that we say, that we do, that we have, and how many of those things scream out Look at me. Paul goes on in verse 8. Actually, the end of verse 7, I think this is pretty powerful. He said he took the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. The Jesus of the gospel, you got to understand, a servant had no status. 
The Jesus of the gospel had no status. The Jesus of the gospel did not come into this world to see how many followers he could gain. But American Jesus, on the other hand, I wrote in my notes that we are status-driven. Some of you have probably updated your status since you've been in church. And not only did you update your status, but you wanted to see how many people saw you update your status. We're status-driven. How many requests? How many friends? How many followers? How many likes? We're status-driven. Let me just say this, and again, I love you so much to share this message with you because I'm going through it first. I'm going through it with you. I need you to hear me say this and know that I'm saying it with as much love as I can possibly muster. But what our community needs is not more of you, but it needs more Jesus. What your home needs is less you and Jesus. Your workplace needs less you and Jesus. This church needs less us and Jesus. Because I can promise you this community doesn't need a bunch of Scots running around. It simply needs Jesus. You see, Paul goes on. We'll get through our notes here. In verse 8, he says, He was found in the appearance as a man, and he humbled himself. The Jesus of the gospel was very humble. He was very humble. And in my notes, American Jesus is self-sufficient. He wants to be known. You see, we call that pride in the church. That's who American Jesus is. But I need you to notice something right here that happens. Because the end result if we follow the wrong Jesus, I believe that we may pay the price. And I don't want any single one of us in here following the wrong Jesus. You see, in verse 9, Paul says, because Jesus was all of the things that we've listed on this chart. It says there in verse 9 that God exalted him to the highest place. Notice that Jesus didn't exalt himself to that position. But God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. You see, in my notes, I just said that 
Jesus of the gospel. Listen, because this is imperative. And this is something that I've been wrestling with and I mess up all the time with it. I constantly am getting in the way. But the Jesus that I am trying to follow died to himself. Because Paul goes on and he says that even though God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, it says that he became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. You see, the Jesus that we're trying to follow died to himself. Guys, we're spending billions and billions of dollars on self-preservation, trying to hold on to this flesh as long as we can. But the Jesus of the gospel did just the opposite. In 33 short years, he said, I've done my father's work. It's time to die. And you see, what I've realized is that I have to make a conscious effort every day, every hour, almost every situation to die to myself. I have a dear friend of mine. His name is Stephen. He's never been to this church. You don't know him. But just this week, I was sitting in a living room one afternoon doing devotions with him and a couple other men. And Stephen asked me one of the greatest questions that I've ever been asked. Stephen's in a recovery house here in High Point. He's been there for 10 months and two months. He goes back to real life. And he said, Scott, I'm nervous. I'm scared. Because in two months... I have to go see if all of this is real. He said, Scott, how do you do it? How do you take what I know, what I've studied, what I've read? How do you take what's in here and go live it out there? It's a good question, isn't it? And I simply gave him this answer. I said, every day, you have to make a conscious effort to be known for your submission and your service, not your social status. You see, the Jesus of the gospel, he wasn't about his status. He was about his submission and his service. And so this morning, if you want to take what we know as the Jesus of the gospel to those people who aren't in here today, you're going to have to submit and you're going to have to serve. You're going to have to follow the Jesus of the gospel, not the Jesus that many of us have created in our own image. here's what I'd like to do in closing this morning is I'd like for us just to close our eyes and hey God you need to speak to us I feel like I'm in a safe place
I believe that there's some people here today and you're ready to be set free from all of the things that you have been putting on to try to make yourself look better. Can I tell you something? God created you in his own image. You can be yourself. You don't have to try to look good, sound good, or put on any longer. Today, there may be some things that you're covering up because you're afraid of what it may do to your status. Today is the day to be set free from it. God's Holy Spirit is in this place. Scripture's clear where the presence of the Holy Spirit is. There is freedom. And so what I want to do right now is I want to pray with you. If that's you today, ready to drop the mask and be who God created you to be, would you just come forward? We're going to go old school church right here at the altar this morning. Would you come right now and let's pray. God, I'm tired of faking it. church this is a safe place I can't be the only one going through this ladies I know there are some prayer warriors in this house ladies would you come pray right here amen it's a safe place to allow God to do some work in you. I want to be like Jesus. I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to be about the real Jesus of the gospel. Hey, Scott, I've never met this Jesus that you talk about. This Jesus, this God that came and died. I don't have a relationship with him, but I'm interested in giving my life to him. You say he's forgiven me of all of my sins. I need to be forgiven. Today, if that's you, God, will you forgive me of my sins? Will you allow your son Jesus to take over my life? God, today I want to start this journey, this new life, following your son Jesus. Today, if you've never said yes to Jesus as your Savior, but you know that his Holy Spirit is saying something to your heart today, 
Would you just lift up a hand and say, Scott, I need Jesus as my Savior. Would you just raise it high so I can see you? You see, God, this is not about us. Even though we try to make it about us. And God, I know that you're breaking down right now. And you're setting free and you're loosing the chains. God, your Holy Spirit is saying so much more to us than we could ever imagine. God, will you help us constantly lift your name? Will you help us, God, to exalt you and you alone? And God, when all of this pride and arrogance, when all of this self starts to creep back in, maybe tomorrow, God, remind us of who your son Jesus truly is. Because God, we can't do this without you. And God, I'm going to thank you in advance for all the homes that are going to be restored, for all the relationships that are going to be restored, for all the leaders sitting in this seats that you're going to rise up, you're going to raise them up to be people that they never thought that they could be when they bow down in humility to you. God, I thank you in advance for all of that. And God, forgive us for ever thinking about exalting ourselves above you. Lord, you're the only one that is worthy of that. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place, this very moment. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.